Welcome to the Rambling Ranger podcast, episode 17. Uh, my name is Luke Taylor, and today I'm joined by a Rural Youth Project project coordinator, uh, Alana Black. Hi, Luke. Thank you for having me. Pleased to be joining you on the Rambling Ranger podcast. No, um, yourself is certainly one of the people um, that kind of led me down this this path of uh, podcasting and everything else the year the social media guru um, that I uh, look up to in regards to just yeah managing and um, as we'll get on to coordinating the Road Youth Project which um, you've yeah inspired me and taught me a lot of things um, through the project. Thanks, Luke. <laughs> it's been all those uh, uh, long car rides we've had to take uh, for Rural Youth Project events and we've I guess been rambling on the whole time so that and questionable music choice, yes. Yeah, questionable music choices. I like to yeah, dabble in your questionable music choices, but we can get into that a bit later. That'll be at a, I'll need a separate podcast episode just to cover all of that. But um, yeah, <laughs> indeed. But uh, no, so yeah, um, I suppose, yeah, let's just get started off with, um, how about you introduce yourself? My name is Alana Black, and as you can probably tell, I'm um, not native to Scotland. I grew up in central western New South Wales in a very, very small village called Rydal. We have just 50 people in a pub, but um, it was a great place to grow up. So uh, I studied um, public relations and communications um, pretty much on every school report. It says talks too much. Um, needs to apply herself a little bit more. So my sister thought you might be you might be good at public relations. So chucked me into that, and yeah, the, I guess the rest is history. Um, did a bit of work in well, worked for about five or six years in politics, uh, running election and re-election campaigns. But was kind of always drawn back to um, you know my rural roots uh, and um, started a project on farming succession. So looking at how families can better communicate. Um, to make sure that you know farms survive that those all important generational transitions and then met um, Rebecca and Jane and I didn't I wouldn't I couldn't say meet them I sent them a cold email basically about my project to see if they had any data that I could um could basically use uh, and and we got emailing and jumped on a plane and headed across for the Rural Youth Project Ideas Festival so apparently in 2018 scotland had like one of the best summers it ever had but for the yeah. two weeks i was there it rained non-stop <laughs> so for the ideas festival i think we spent about three days um i didn't own a pair of wellies i've never had such wet feet in my life um but it was a, a pretty incredible experience so then yeah jumped on well emailed jane and rebecca again and said wouldn't mind doing this a little bit longer or don't, don't suppose you'd like to hire me um and yeah about 12 months later jumped on a plane and and moved to scotland so that's a very short introduction to my life luke i know it's yeah it's it's one of those um incredible stories that you've obviously discussed with um majority of the rural youth project delegates certainly at last year's um oh gosh the year before now ideas festival and um, yeah, just kind of how you, Jane, who obviously was my second guest on the podcast, so quite a while ago now, um, who kind of talked to the ins and outs of her vision with the Real You Project. And yeah, how it kind of, how she acquired people like yourself just by chance almost, and uh, Rebecca, um, and I suppose this coincidental, um, <laughs> coincidental way, but it just shows you the power of um, how a cold email can go a long way, which is certainly, yeah, I never hold back from sending emails. And um, yeah, here you are now. I mean, without that cold email, it would never have, uh, we wouldn't be if talking you don't about take a chance, if you, Yeah, if you don't ask, you don't get, you know, I asked for, for data and, and got a whole lot more 
um, just off the back of that one email. And I actually remember sending it. I, I remember seeing all these, um, you know, social media ads that had been promoting the Rural Youth Project survey. Wow. So I took I took the survey and I was like, this is actually really interesting. It's kind of it's not the same as what I'm doing, but perhaps, you know, just from what the Rural Youth Project is, it might have some data about succession in, in Scotland or whatnot. And it's just funny, like I, I remember sitting on my bed, I was living in Sydney at the time, working in politics. Um, you know, it was, it was a hot sunny day. I had my laptop on my lap. I was like, oh, I might just, you know, send these guys an email and, and mm. see what comes from it. Um, and, you know, got a, a really nice response back from Rebecca and Jane saying, yeah, we can put you in touch with people, but do you want to get involved and become a vlogger? And we've got this great ideas festival coming, you know, do you want to come over to Scotland? And <laughs> it's just incredible how, you know, those micro moments have the potential to change the whole trajectory of your life. Um, but it's, I think, you know, life's full of chances and I'm never someone who's wanted to play things safe. Um, so I guess, you know, it's all worked out well in the end. Indeed. No, and I think it just shows the power of outreach and um, yeah, networking, essentially, um, which we'll touch upon the ins and outs of, because I think you are a, and well, certainly from the people I know, an expert in that field. Um, <laughs> never an expert, Luke. I'm always learning, never an expert. But no, so obviously your involvement with the, the Road Youth Project just now, well, it just kind of um, sums up quite nicely the influence the Road Youth Project has had, certainly in lots of people's lives over the last, uh, well, what seems like a short period of time actually feels like a long one now because of everything we've been through. But the, the reach of the Road Youth Project in the first place reached you on the other side of the world. So it's incredible. But um, yeah, you're now obviously and have been uh, the project coordinator, the main lead alongside, I suppose, Jane and Rebecca's influence. So I suppose what is your what is your role or has been your role and uh, some of those duties and responsibilities? Yeah, so when um, when I first came over here to support um, Jane and Rebecca, they were uh, applying for, for leader funding. So um, the Rural Youth Project has been funded for the past, you know, 18 months, almost two years um, through the leader fund. And that's made up of, of five um, local action groups. So they're kind of like area based groups that came together to fund the Rural Youth Project as a cooperation project. And part of that was to fund um, the equivalent of one full time staff member. So um, myself uh, at four days a week until um, most recently, and we can get onto the evolution of the project and um, a, an administration person, Ellen, uh, Helen, who helps with like a lot of the, you know, finance yeah. and all that kind of stuff. But so I guess my role is really supporting um, Jane and Rebecca in terms of making sure that uh, everything we said to our funders that we wanted to achieve for the project got delivered and, you know, COVID threw a spanner in the works and it helped us really kind of, um, we had to learn to be nimble and, and change what we wanted to do. But a lot of my role is is delivering the um, projects uh, or the events uh, or the programs on the ground, uh, I guess metaphorically on the ground, <laughs> as well as um, supporting the Rural Youth Project in, in its comms and, and marketing. But essentially it comes down to, you know, making sure that if, if young people do want to um, talk about the challenges and the opportunities that they face living in a rural area, if they want to engage with a broad network, um, if they want to improve their enterprise, their leadership, um, their communication and their activism skills. I'm kind of the, the first port of call alongside yep. Rebecca and Jane who donate a, a significant amount of their own personal time. Mm -hmm. They're not funded through the project. It's voluntary roles that they hold. But I guess the three of us try and help prop up the mechanism 
of the Royal Youth yeah. Project to really enable young people to meet their potential. So that's kind of it in a bit of a nutshell. <laughs> and of course, you've been involved with the Royal Youth Project with a whole plethora of things. Um, do you want to maybe just give a legacy of what the Royal Youth Project, I suppose, achieved and some of your highlights uh, over the last kind of two, three years? Of course. So I think there's a couple of things that really kind of underpin what the Rural Youth Project means to me. And I guess the first one I couldn't overlook it is is our ideas festivals. And you've mm. had the pleasure of attending one, Luke. But I think if it's really hard to distill into words the magic that an ideas festival run by the Rural Youth yeah. Project generates, um, it's, it's hard to say to people, you know, I spent three days in a, a leaky tent um, and then spent the rest of the day in a big marquee. But, you know, hearing from inspirational um, people participating in workshops um, and networking with fellow young people you know you can't really underestimate the power that that has to inspire people and I think from attending the first one in 2018 to then helping um, Rebecca and Jane um, with delivering the second ideas festival in Lanarkshire in 2019 you know it brought a whole new magic for me to see you know young people you know meeting people that have never met before sharing rooms um, you know, climbing walls and then, you know, going into workshops where we look at how we can overcome the biggest challenges that face us to, you know, an impromptu and, and small style Kaylee that we had. I think yeah. that's that for me um, is the essence of, of the magic of the Rural Youth Project. And then off that, there's a few strands. So, you know, we, we look at story seeking and telling where we can share the stories of young people, but also of organisations that support young people to help in that all important knowledge exchange and then uh you know other events we recently held which you participated in the young rural change makers program so those were essentially going to be um in the first instance before covid they were going to be like residential workshops yeah. but we moved that online and it's kind of looking at how we can make sure that young people have access to um opportunities and um you know different programs that can help improve their their skills whether it be in in um, their professional or personal life that their metropolitan peers probably have more access to so i think that's kind of the crux of the rural youth project we also do other things like um you know present on behalf of the project um you know kind of share the story of what we're trying to achieve to uh formulating resources on you know how young people can take a community project further we look at we have like formal case studies of young people what they're doing we have ideas cafes which are virtual events where we get speakers most recently we had you know two ministers from the scottish yeah. government come and present about you know what they see the future of rural being and we're looking to in the future um kind of formalize um, how we help young people engage with policy. But I think one of the one of the big things going forward for the Rural Youth Project and is something we had to you know pivot on during COVID um, was that we've we've in partnership with Smart Village Scotland developed the, the world's first um, youth focused um, smart village. So the Rural Youth Project Smart Village is going to be an online hub for young people and it's going to be a place where they can network where they can find resources and where they can engage with young people across the world who face the same challenges that they do. Yeah, the the uh, vision and uh, the things that I've saw and been involved with kind of um, the early ideas of that hub is very promising and it just shows the um, 
I suppose the power and the work that goes to obviously yourself, Rebecca and Jane that you put into it has created this bigger entity almost. And as we'll touch on later, the, I suppose the legacy and what's going to come is really exciting because um, I feel like a lot of these projects um, for starters, never really get the recognition. They, they last the amount of time that the funding is and then they kind of just wither away and they achieve what they've achieved in that short period of time, but they, they never fully stay alive in some form. But um, that's I certainly don't have any doubt that uh, the Rodeo Project's um, not going to be around, um, certainly in some capacity. Um, but yeah, um, obviously, yeah, your favourite part then, uh, is it fair to say it would be the Ideas Festivals? Because of course they are like the, the biggest uh, thing that the Rodeo Project has hosted over the last few years. I think the Ideas Festivals, because of, you know, just the sheer, like I've said, the, the sheer power of bringing that many young people together and, and, you know, the power of the collective. But, you know, some of the smaller things I've, I've really enjoyed, which have just as much impact, I think, is, um, you know, really increasing our case study database and, and interviewing young people for the Youth Project's own podcast. I think there's so much we can learn from, you know, just listening to other people and that's yeah. listening to the stories and the experiences of other people. And I think um you know there's there's a saying that if you're um if your mouth is opened your ears are closed and i always mm. have this thought of you know listening's really an art but if you get someone um and you ask them to share their story i think you know there's so much you can learn from that and you know for example listening to um Jeannie speak about how she set up her you know feminist clothing um business and and the motivations behind that listening to the likes of of Melissa um from Lanarkshire and and how she supports young people in volunteering and how she works for the development trust and even just you know some of the more personal experiences that these young people share I think um is probably the most empowering part for me and the most motivating part for me of the Rural Youth Project. Yeah, um, and the whole, the idea of, I suppose, I, as yourself, talk quite a lot, but the the listening aspect is really important. And I find, um, potentially, I've gotten better at it is actually being able to capture, again, through this podcast, as a result of being a fan and part of your podcast, which is obviously um, capturing people's stories, creating a kind of, well, yeah, capturing it in time and then being able to share it, essentially, with others and kind of... Um, yeah, reach as many people as you possibly can, which otherwise their stories you'd, you'd never know about. Certainly the, um, yeah, as you mentioned, uh, Jeannie's on the I Love Jura um, yeah. with her uh, clothing and jewellery um, stuff's fantastic. And these, um, yeah, island community I know is a big part of the project and certainly one of these uh, communities that um, otherwise would never be, they have their own smaller communities, but giving them more line uh, spotlight, I suppose, is, um, is another big part of that. Uh, and touching on skills, I guess, um, I've been able to, through your, again, um, not just through the Ideas Festivals, but the smaller things that I've been fortunate enough to do with yourself, be that just the going out and interviewing people like Melissa, going to some smaller scale events, and then also going to other places. I think that was one of the first things we did with the, the road trip and the music uh, was um, to go to another leader funded project and I think we were capturing essentially the story of the, the workshop and what they provided again for other young people. So I suppose the real focus of the Rodeo Project isn't just on itself, as you said. I think the key thing to take away is it's, it's highlighting other people, other businesses and other positive things uh, around young people. Um, and of course, uh, as I said, you're kind of the guru at social media and a lot of other things. <laughs> 
I would actually say Rebecca Dawes, Rebecca Dawes is definitely the <laughs> RYP guru. I've learned a lot from her in terms of social media, but mm. um, I do have a flair for a punny caption um, right. and I yep. really like to share stuff on social media. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's got a punny caption, but I do appreciate the compliment. How about we do then a kind of a quick fire round on, I suppose, skills that you use quite frequently and I suppose advice you'd give for them, developing them, etc. And I suppose I've noted down a few of them here, which you're using all the time and obviously have essentially specialised in your previous field in politics and everything as well. So the first one I've got down here is, I suppose, networking and working with clients. So I guess um, I, the real guru of networking is Miss Jane Craigie. If you've <laughs> ever seen that lady work a room, she is a power to be reckoned with. And I think I have a lot to learn from her in terms of networking. But I think when it, when you think of networking, it can sound like a really scary kind of formal business jargony word, if that makes sense. Yeah. But I think the importance of networking is you never know who you're going to meet and how you you know, how they might support you or you support them further down the line. So I guess it's being a not being afraid to um, walk up to someone and introduce yourself and ask about um, what they're involved in, what their interests are. And I think that's a really important skill to have in both your personal and professional life because, um, you know, people are really interesting. And, and I think the people that you meet, you never know what they do or, or who they're connected with as well. And um, I think one of the fantastic workshops that was presented at the first Rural Youth Project Ideas Festival was um, a networking workshop, which uh, yeah. the one I attended was run by Matthew Naylor, who is a very successful businessman. Um, he's headed up a, a bunch of different um, rural kind of advocacy um, workshops, one of them being, um, sorry, not workshops, organizations, one of them being Ag Respect, so making sure that the LBGTQ community plus community have a voice and are respected within agriculture. He also was chair at one point of the Oxford Farming Conference. And he, you know, gave us really practical skills of, you know, this is how you just walk up to someone, even if it's um, Nicola Sturgeon, just pretend that person over there is Nicola Sturgeon and walk up and just say hello, shake their hand, ask them how they are and, and um, you know, what their interests are. And I think you can't underestimate the value of um, just introducing yourself to someone because for me it meant that I ended up you know changing careers and changing countries just through um, taking the initiative to introduce myself to someone new. Yeah and likewise um, that's how me and Jane met essentially in a tent at the Royal yeah. Highland show and I was recommended and from there the rest is history. Um, exactly. I don't think via other means I would have potentially found out about the Rural Youth Project because I must admit I'm not from a rural background at all um and yeah um i suppose the second thing i've got here is communications you can uh, take that as you will i suppose it can mean lots of things <laughs> but um <laughs> so top tips on communications top tips on communications if you will yeah i think my top tip for communications is that the best communicators are also really great listeners so mm -hmm. if you i think i mentioned it before um you know, you, you learn more when your mouth is closed and your ears are open. And I think um, to be a good communicator, it's about listening to what other people have to say. Um, and I think in terms of communication as well, um, you know, being clear and concise, whether this is in, you know, your personal or in your professional life, um, being clear and concise about either if you're asking for something, what that ask is, or if you're wanting to describe a project you know making sure that you know how to describe that in one or two sentences so that people can understand it but i think in terms of communications i guess the 
the basics for me is being a good listener and then um you know making sure that you i love to read a lot i like to listen to a lot of different podcasts and and just kind of consuming what you can wear i think mm. perhaps is the good foundation of a good communicator but I, I don't know if i'm quite qualified to say this is what makes a good communicator but if you want to improve how you communicate I, my recommendations would be to read read widely read things that you didn't think would interest you listen to podcasts about different world affairs or even if you like a good crime podcast crack out a crime podcast or you know change it up because i think the more you consume the more you'll understand what to you constitutes good communication and what doesn't so i think those are my top tips for communication i know that's fab and the last thing i've got here um, is marketing um which ties into i suppose um jane's other side of the business which is of course jane craig marketing which is something you you dabble in still as well yeah i support jane and i guess my background's more in purely communications and i think jane and rebecca are definitely um far more savvy at marketing than what i am but i think um one thing that jane's definitely taught me is um you know if you have a project or if you have a business idea know your audience so who are the people that are going to be interested in this um and and find out where they are and how you can communicate with them um those would be my top tips know your audience know what your product is um and and find out where where they're you know either living online or physically and, and communicate with them appropriately oh that's great and that kind of leads in quite nicely to um i suppose what's had to have been a huge presence and has been the only way the real youth project's been able to still keep the project alive in many means and that's social media um, which is obviously a huge part of your job and getting um the real youth project message out there so i suppose to just summarize and capture what is the power of social media and how do you best utilize it? Social media is just a, a you know insatiable beast, I think, at times. <laughs> I um I must say sometimes it's it can be such a draining place to have to be social media, and that's not in a professional way. I think it's more in a social way. I feel like we can never turn off from it, but it's it's certainly an essential part of any project that wants to continue to stay re relevant, especially if their core audience is is young, young people. people. Yeah. Um, so I guess it's finding ways, and you know, we're actually going through a process of the moment of reviewing our social media strategy to see how we can be more relevant, but. What we find works for us best is, you know, we know our strengths are storytelling and, and it's looking at how we can share those stories appropriately on the different channels. So, you know, what works on Instagram doesn't work on Facebook and what works on Twitter, you know, doesn't work on Facebook or Instagram. So it's looking at how we can make our, um, you know, the assets and the social media content and, you know, the story seeking and telling go further. And one thing Rebecca and I particularly love is the power of, you know storytelling by video and um we yeah. do have real project vloggers and i think it's something that we really want to start um reinvigorating again is is having that um you know that pieced camera um video content that we can put out over different channels and, and engage people that way no that's awesome and yeah uh, i think um as you've kind of highlighted there there's there's a difference between um, different platforms and yeah even myself like um 
a lot of I, I remember asking the question like yo you must like social media a lot but then actually because that's your job majority of the time <laughs> the rest of the time you just want to stay away with it and that's what I've kind of found as well just by doing the podcast and kind of working with other organizations and just putting out ranger related stuff it is, it is quite taxing and draining and I know that's something that we've looked at quite closely with um SCRAN, the Scottish Council of Rangers Association, is um, kind of how best to manage our social media between just, again, a volunteer capacity. Um, Indeed, and, and there's a real art to it as well, and it does take a, you know, it's not something you can almost do half-heartedly. It, it takes a, you know, almost an, a village to keep social media, like the best run social media channels, you know, take a village to to really create them. And cu it's curated content. It's basically putting, you know, the best version of yourself. I know that's such a, a cliche term or, or saying, but, you know, it, it takes a lot of input for these small posts that actually have a really massive impact. And it's um, it takes a lot more brain space and thought and consideration than I think a lot of people who perhaps don't work in the communications industry um, realize when they you know want to to establish themselves on social media hmm. so as one piece of advice i was just thinking of a scenario there that you might be able to give good advice on is i know as, as what advice would you give a ranger or a ranger service that was thinking of either creating a social media account or putting themselves on a platform or just improving their existing one I think um, something that uh, Rebecca once told me that's always stuck out in terms of social media, and she's certainly the guru, is that, you know, don't try and be across all platforms, you know, mm -hmm. find one that works well in terms like of your personality that you like to use and do that well, instead of trying to do like three or four different ones, you know, half-heartedly, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I think Luke as well, like I know you, you quite like Instagram and and I, I know back when we did the Scottish Rural Action Conference, you know, you're actually really great on Instagram because you said, you know, I like to just do Instagram because you, you put all you channel all of your energies into that channel and it makes sure and it makes it that channel have a lot of really robust and interesting content, whereas if you've got to, you know, um, put brain space to all three uh, or, or more, you know, there's likes of TikTok and others, sometimes that can be a bit more um you might not do them as well so i think that would be my advice is that you know find out where your audience is if you if there's a strong audience of rangers on instagram or on twitter perhaps look at setting an account setting up an account there and and channeling your uh, your energy into that one account and getting that right first before branching out into others no i, I can completely agree i think that is sound advice and yeah something i realized quite early on before i started branching out onto the other platforms and then yeah you have all the variables afterwards of trying to have different content for each one as well but that's a whole other kettle of fish that we won't get into <laughs> um just to kind of wrap things up then um i suppose what are things to come and i suppose your the future ambitions for the rural youth project because i know um having recent news and um there there's a, there is more to come thankfully due to even despite everything that uh, has happened so kindly um the the five flags that that fund the rural youth project and um those areas are the outer hebrides um perth and kinross angus scottish borders and lanarkshire that's five i have to count <laughs> in my head while i do it <laughs> um they've they've kindly agreed to extend um the contract of the rural youth project as you know with um with brexit um you know the league of funding um was i think being wrapped up i'm sorry i don't quite know all the ins and outs of it but i know the leader 
the leader fund was coming to an end, but we were lucky enough to get um, an extension uh, for six months. So with that, um, we're really channeling our energies into um, making sure that the Smart Village platform, the Rural Youth Project Smart Village is going to be um, a robust place for young people. And we've got 10 digital champions so they're young people who support in um, curating content uh, for the site and making sure it has um, you know what young people need um, and it'll be about supporting them um, recruiting a few more digital champions and making sure that that website is going to be a really strong legacy for not only leader but for the rural youth project when yeah. um, we look for more funding but as well as um, you know, challenge channeling energies into Smart Village, we're looking to have a, a year of research. So we really want to start, um, you know, branching or doing the specific um, sections of research, like through housing. You know, the issues that continue to come up time and time again when we speak to young people, we we'd like to get some some specific data on that and and start looking at um, partnering with other organisations to deliver some really insightful data that can help drive um, positive outcomes. Uh, for for real young people and alongside that you know when life gets back to normal we'd also we also you know would love to hold another ideas festival and and um, ideas hacks so where we bring young people together to hack out solutions to challenges but that's all you know we have to look to the future and see what what happens with covid but yeah so year of research and um the rural youth project smart village i think are the two main kind of focuses for us for 2021 that's yeah I'm, I'm i'm excited to see these things come to fruition and yeah just even the amazing young people that are part of that project for the digital team already what they've created and their and um, the kind of the draft and template that they've, they've laid out is um yeah looking great and i think it'll be a great hub and i think one that will be able to be utilized i know one of their ideas which i thought was very admirable was having a kind of a map that had lots of opportunities or trying to collate all the opportunities because i think that's certainly something I believe and I know a lot of other people believe is when you look for opportunities there isn't often one singular place to try and find those opportunities you yeah. do have to kind of do a shotgun approach of um, looking multiple places at once Around. and yeah the research thing sounds very interesting I, I do wish you best of luck with that I think use um, what you do in the field and certainly through the Rodeo project um, you do get a lot of great stuff that no other I suppose are leading even although the project is small, it is very mighty. Um, and um, you certainly show up a lot of um, other bigger organizations out there. So yeah, very admirable. Um, Thanks, Luke. And we couldn't do it without the, you know, the the support and continued support of of young people like yourselves who, you know, you do give up your time um, to help us with events and to, to go through training. And we love having you as a part of the Rural Youth Project community. And um, we're only as strong as the community we have supporting the Rural Youth Project. So big thanks to you and, and others like you um, who help us out. No, I can't agree more. And yeah, it's uh, it's it's my pleasure to be a part of it. Um, um, yeah, um, I know you're a very busy person and uh, you were just doing something before this. And I know you've probably got all these other things to do. And within a short space of what seems like quite a long time, six months isn't actually. So I don't want to take up any more of your time. Um, yeah, thank you for sharing your top tips and just an insight into, even although not, uh, wholly ranger related I know from my young person's perspective and certainly lots of key things that can just help everyone in uh, everyday life um, related around a business or a project etc um, and yeah so on that note uh, thank you very much and yeah I'm really missing seeing people in person so that's my so I'm looking forward to again <laughs> after um, and being part of I suppose a, a bigger group and uh, of young people again I suppose through the Real Youth Project.
here's to the next rural youth project event may it bring loads of um young people fresh ideas and of course hopefully a gin or two and that's when we'll catch up properly luke but thank you so much for having me on the podcast mm -hmm.